What's up, guys? Welcome back to the RMR Podcast, episode 14. I'm Mitch Pfeiffer. J-Ping, what up? How is everyone doing out there tonight? How are you doing, my Another guy? Another episode. Another episode. We're back. Bro, it's Wednesday. We're 10 minutes late. What's good? Man, I am just chilling. Just chilling, taking care of just taking care of the family, about to knock this out and then you know get to business on the late night, the late night grind. Dude, what is it like living in Everett motherfucking Washington? Let's hey, just man. let's just jump straight to the nitty-gritty, please. <laughs> Tell me what it's like living in the fun co-capital of the world. Hey, appreciate you for recognizing that. Um you know, it's crazy moving. I've only lived out here a little bit, but uh, it had a bad rep, you know, hanging around the Seattle area. Everett does not come with high recommendations or, you know, people uh, say Everett with like a stank in their tone whenever you bring that up face you just ever. made when you said Everett. <laughs> that's what I mean. I contributed that for before I even really spent time out here. That's what I thought, just because everyone else did. And then I'm I moved so out. Good into like a super suburban cul-de-sac white picket fence and well i love Everett, man i'm out here I, i'm about to i've only been out here like a year and a half i'm about to rep this shit man ever well shout out where we're from man shout out where you live shout out where we're from shout out all the places we've been man kent everett ranton ellensburg man we've been all around the block we're for people that are watching this man armar has been around 10 years 10 years we're at we're at 10 and a half right now approaching 11 we finally got our podcast going, so for everybody watching, we really appreciate you guys tapping in. We try to do this weekly, Sundays with me and Isaiah, Wednesdays with Mitch and I, and we're, this coming up, the North American Week Tour launching. Mitch, we got 80 podcast episodes coming up yeah. August through December, so I hope everybody's ready because it's gonna be crazy joey is the king the joey is the king of taking a, a campaign and making it super long and in-depth. making it impossible but but it makes it exciting. We're going to have a lot of cool guests from all over the country coming up. That was the last thing I wanted to touch on, but I mean we can get into it now. I mean, well, no. No, 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 no. no. We'll say we'll, we'll we'll stay according to your plan. I just wanted to tap in, you know, show some love. We get 10 years, bro. We've been at it podcast finally. I'm sitting here drinking a weed-infused seltzer right now. Look at this shit. I'm jealous. This is where we're at. This is where we're at. I'm jealous. Um yeah, 10 years. A lot of couches, a lot of cities, a lot of hotel rooms, a lot of Airbnbs, man. It's it's oh my been gosh. a motion and a half. So with that being said, what are you what are you eating on? What are you smoking on? What you got? So I'm drinking on this seltzer, 10 milligram THC. It's from a company called Tonic. Um, mixed berry, nano THC. For those of you that don't know, nano THC means these nano molecules, these nano emulsifications, which basically when you're swishing things around in your mouth, like weed or you know other kinds of like adaptogenic drinks and stuff like that, the the, the beverage needs to be nano emulsified in a way that it, it's going to allow you to just really intake intake the stuff way better. So the seltzer, nano emulsified, mixed berry, and then I got these peanut butter cups. Check this out. These are the best peanut butter cups in California that have weed in them. What brand is it? This is a brand called Emerald Sky. These are the hybrid milk chocolate little guys. Look at this. They are so fire. They've got a little bit of sugary salt on the outside. The peanut butter is overflowing. Look at this. Oh, yeah. That looks fire. Yeah. 
I'm, I love peanut butter cups, but like I also grew up such a fan of Reese's. Like if if a peanut butter cups like varies too much from the Reese's taste, sometimes it's a it's a miss for me. So how Bro. how does it taste compared to the Reese's? If you were blind testing it, and I had just chopped this up and broken it down, and you were eating it, you wouldn't tell the difference. Okay. Okay. I'm honestly eating three or four of these a day right now, and I shouldn't be. What's up? We got we got Coaster checking in. What's good? What's good, my boy from the five one nine? We got Dave, Dave, Mister Oil Tycoon, I believe, tapping in from OKC or somewhere in Oklahoma. What up, Dave? Dave? What's good, Coaster man? We out here. Uh, Y'all out here. We got Yakima. We got Oklahoma in the building. Yeah, I'm taking a dab, bro. I got some Bodie High. It is a little bit old, so I'm not trying to show it, but the Terps on this are still so crazy. So, you know, we haven't really – we haven't worked with Bodie High in a while, but, um, bro, I'm – every time I come back to this little – I mean, it was more than a gram, but every time I come back to it, I'm just like, damn, bro, they're really killing the Terps, man. Like, this shit – They're I love still, still killing the Terps, huh? I love this. Like, this shit is not new, and it smells better than some of the new stuff I have. I'm going to pull out one of these nugs that I'm smoking on here. I got some Cure Company. Look at that. She's a beaut, man. Nice and dense. Great I got, nose. I got this. Some some. Uh, I don't even want to say the brand because it's not released yet, but I got some of this Gelato 41 that is – Damn. Oh, Why you have to flex on me like that in front the of everybody? Jar, it smells like baked goods, man. Like – Oh my god, I've I haven't even smoked this weed, but I've smelled it like five. You times. gotta smoke that on camera, bro. I need to. I'm, come on, bro. If I can't smoke the gelato, I need to see you all smoke right, it. All right, all right, all right. We hey, we got an unscripted episode, everybody. We're freestyling it. We we're gonna have a guest. The guest will still come on at another time. But for tonight, Mitch and I are gonna just be reviewing weed, talking a little bit about some music and some business and some some current industry news that's going on in the world of cannabis. Uh, I'm going to roll up a joint, or actually, I'm going to stuff a cone. I've got uh, Respect My Region. We just formed a relationship with the good people over at uh, OMS Papers. I think that's the name of the brand, OMS Papers. Pure, they're pure hemp papers. These are king cones. Uh, I met them at South by Southwest two years ago. So super dope. You pull it out. And it's got this little branded tip. And then you've got this. This right 41 tastes just like it smells. It tastes like I'm eating baked goods, man, with a little bit of gas. And can you can you describe that weed as something else other than baked goods? Or you just got it on the mind? I don't know. Yeah, it just smells like it's a little bit gassy. It's not as gassy as like some of the you know, other gelatos, but it just it has like a real like like yeah i keep going back to it but like a baked good like a physical like not even a cookie like a cookie loaf you know like one of those brownie bricks almost like oh okay it's kind of like uh yeah i don't know it just smells like you go into a bakery and they're cooking sweets but then someone poured a little bit of diesel in the corner or something Damn, like, that. like there's this like there's like made like there's bits of real panther included in it you know what i'm saying some sex yeah. panther you know uh um, yeah you feel me it's no, it it that that's some that's some heat, you know. I hope I'll I'll, I'll do an official review once they drop it. Um, I just don't want to shout them out before it's out, you know. It's and, that exclusive. Yeah. And so, any brands out there, you know, if you need a taste tester, 
uh, Joey. I'm and here. Myself I'm available. Happen to <laughs> quite literally be professionals. <laughs> so we'll give you the feedback, the good, the bad. Um, you know, yeah, I just yeah, like I'm not afraid of telling you the mid taste the, the the mid. I'm not afraid of telling people that your weed is mids or that it's hay because that's a multi million dollar decision. You got to think if you're gonna put some grassy weed into the market, some hay, something where the terps reverse engineered themselves to be backwards and some shit, you're you're gonna shoot yourself in the foot and it's gonna hurt your brand even longer. People gotta be not afraid to say no in some of these meetings about the products. I yeah. can't tell you how many gummies I've eaten that are bad. Right. That are bad. just enjoyable. You're not ever going to buy it again after. Never going to support that brand again. Cause I think that the rest of their products are now right. bad. Right. So you've really got to think about every single decision with your right foot, you know, your, the right foot being put forward. And this is also something, it's a lesson that, Music artists should heed, entrepreneurs should heed, cannabis people, whatever it is, because I and I say this all the time, you're only as good as your last post. It's a what have you done for me lately world. If you haven't done anything on social, people are worried about you that you've fallen off or that you're not that you're not okay. Right. It's automatically assumed that this is that culture, this is that community, you know? Mm-hmm. So you've got to constantly be doing things uh, and making that putting that right foot forward, doing the right small little social things doing the right uh curation of weed if you're white labeling weed you got to make sure every batch you buy is perfect the farm that you work with is immaculate across the board consistency mm-hmm. there's just so many so many types of risk that you just gotta uh, you gotta try to shrink that down yeah definitely definitely gotta mitigate those risks for sure for sure so for first on the agenda man this last week we heard that uh drake uh, well, not just Drake, but Drake's cannabis company, More Life, and Canopy Growth, the behemoth Canadian cannabis uh, conglomerate, have parted ways. And it's something you informed me uh, before this podcast that we had predicted, uh, I think, two years ago when the news broke that More Life was uh, associating themselves with Canopy Growth. Yeah. So uh, Colin and I, two years ago, put together this piece about canopy growth and uh, and drake we did a piece before that i believe about jakua and lil wayne it goes without saying that just because rappers rap about the lifestyles that they're talking about it doesn't mean that they're real the facts are here that drake we've never seen photos of him smoking weed he's never sat here and rapped bars about any strains there's never been any mentions of products and then when it comes to this partnership, we never saw any press about products coming to market, hitting the stores in Canada. We never saw anything about a specific item being coming to market or any kinds of details. And, you know, obviously back then, what we were saying was that because we hadn't seen him talk about anything, we hadn't seen him rap about anything, there wasn't any photos, there weren't any weed culture elements. It was just Drake in the rapper world having the only cannabis tie just by appropriation, right? And stereotyping, right? The rapper's weed stereotype, right? Um, And all those things led us to think that it was not going to work out, that it was never going to really come to life, and that it was definitely going to end up not just failing at the end of the day, which it did. They they clearly split up for whatever the reason was. I don't even know if they released product. Yeah, like I said, we, we we went and did the research. We tried to look. We tried to follow up and look. And we, we still haven't seen any products. Maybe they did. 
maybe they're on there and because we're in the States and maybe no press coverage, coverage happened because of Canadian regulations. But I know this, if Drake's product had ever hit the shelves, I would have seen it on LinkedIn. We would have seen it. We would have heard it. We would something would have happened by now for right. sure. Right. So, and, and you look, you know, Drake is early, two years ago is, is early for a mega celebrity, make a current celebrity to enter cannabis. And you partner with someone like Canopy Growth that is really only known because of how much money they've raised. They're not known for what they've done in any sense of the realm other than money. No, they're, they're, no, no well, money and what they've done, which is burn through money. Because if you're on LinkedIn, the, 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 what they talk about about Canopy Growth is not positive. And we don't jump the gun and come in and, and you know burn that and torch them at, at the stake as well. But it is factual that they raised – a lot of money they did it often and people left the company took a lot of that money and they continue to burn through it at just insane rates without making a lot of money back yeah. so if drake was involved with that and that had happened to him he'd be meme culture every day people could yeah. make fun of drake every but, day you know, for something like they that they could have given him stock they could have announced that he partnered with it stock price rose and he's so, you know, cashed in a little bit. Who knows what his prerogative was? We, yeah, who knows what the details are? It is interesting that his producer, Forty, he's been part. He's been a partner in a craft company. I don't know how small or how craft they call it, but called Bull Rider. Um, that's been mm -hmm. out for a while, and that has gotten um, really good reviews. But Forty is also like to what you were saying earlier. Forty is always has a joint in his mouth. He has um, MS, so he's a medical patient. Um, so he's very much on the forefront of was on the forefront for medicine. He's advocating in his own right yeah. just by having a brand. And so, um, so it's a lot different when you when you look at those two celebrities, and it's a, an issue we have with um, celebrity weed brands in general. Um, of just initial, a, a lot of people have. I don't have a lot of issues with celebrity weed brands. Yeah, I mean, I don't, but I'd say a fair criticism is a lot of celebrities sell their likelihood to somebody that doesn't carry the ball into the end zone, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. There's definitely not a lot of good cannabis brands that are in that celebrity space that are doing extremely well. The exception would be Wonder Brett, who has the Rust collaboration, but it's so early in that that, yeah. to, you know, to, that we can't tell yet. And so next topic uh, that we had down tonight was Delta 8. I mean, you know, we touched on this a little bit, I believe, on a past episode. Um, it's not news if you follow cannabis or, you know, smoke shops or, or alternative substance culture. I don't, I don't know exactly what you'd call that, CBD, hemp. Um, but Delta 8 is a synthetic derivative um, that can be made from hemp. So plants that don't have, aren't grown for THC, but are grown for CBD through hemp. Um, can be synthetically altered to isolate um, a cannabinoid Delta-8. And Delta-9 is THC, what we're known for getting high. So Delta-8 is very close to that. It's one off. Um, but it can be altered and, and created, whether it's Delta-8 flour, Delta-8 carts, or Delta-8 edibles, um, that creates a, an actual high, where CBD is not much of a high. Um, Delta-8 creates an actual high. It is something that through the farm bill, because it's derived from hemp and not THC, it's been legal to sell online and legal to sell in gas stations, at smoke shops. And most importantly, it's been legal in like the South and states where cannabis is not legalized so far. Um, so we so THC, synthetic THC from a hemp CBD product, right? So people took hemp CBD they, they, and they took it into labs 
and they converted it over to a delta-8 THC. They literally changed a molecule in, this, in these products to turn it into a delta-8 THC. And that little bit of a high, that little THC bit, gets people high in states where weed is not accessible at this level. Indoor grown cannabis, high THC cookies, high THC viola, the, the Bay Area stuff, the archive genetics, the moon bows, the, the, the Diego weeds in Colorado. You don't get those in Arkansas. You don't get that kind of quality in the swamps where, where the environment is not really great for cultivating those kinds of products. So Delta ATHC is making a lot of money in a lot of states where there is no legal weed or there is very limited access. And there's, and there actually have seen, and I know we, we, you and I have both talked to them, there's actually been dispensaries that pop up in these states where cannabis isn't legal and they only sell hemp. And they hemp only products. sell hemp products, correct. Whether it's CBD or Delta-8, and Delta-8's been getting marketed as a legal cannabis, you know, get high legally. Um, you know, I was, I was kind of skeptical. I didn't really know, but I, I actually tried it. I don't know. You, you've, tried, you've tried Delta-8, right? These are Delta-8 infused pre-rolls. That's flower right there. No, this is Delta Eight infused pre rolls. Uh. Yeah, Delta Eight infused hemp CBD flower coated with premium Delta Eight oil, rolled and covered in CBD keef. Delta CBD flower times Delta Eight oil. It's, oh, yeah, it's, it, it's like a moon rock. It's like a Jeter. It's like a moon rock. Okay. The CBD moon rock combined with so CBD moon rock rolled in a joint, coated the joint is coated in delta eight oil, and then it's rolled and covered in CBD keef. And the and the way for people out there, the way that the law is written, or the way that the farm bill changed things to legalize hemp and smokable hemp, um, and CBD CBD derived from hemp on a national level, um, delta eight is follows those guidelines, but creates a synthetic product that that creates a high. Um, it's been a very hot topic. It was a, been a um, moved a lot of units, sold a lot of volume over the last year and a half, um, has been a hot topic and is now, now became a topic. I've seen it talked about in the Washington market where apparently some farm was selling a Delta eight products on the market because they can produce that at a lower cost than THD. And they weren't disclosing that it was synthetic. I'm not sure what it is. I don't necessarily have any problem with Delta eight being sold, but you need to disclose what it is, especially if something's synthetic. Um, I think that's something that needs to be disclosed. Um, I tried, I tried some Delta eight gummies and it was interesting. It definitely, I mean, it definitely got me high. It's not quite like a weed high, um, mm -hmm, but it, mm -hmm. you know, or your traditional cannabis high, but it is very, uh, very similar. You know, I got the munchies. I felt, you know, relaxed a little bit of the euphoria. Um, it, it was definitely interesting. You know, I felt like I ate, I felt like I had a low dose of cannabis edibles. So Delta eight didn't do anything for me except for keep me in a, in a low, in like a low impact kind of mood. So I look at it like a low dose, a micro dose situation that can really alleviate small bits of chronic pain as well as mental health situations. Our life, all of our lives, we have stress and stress is triggers. Whether it's a big trigger or a small micro trigger, the reality is, is that if you are, if your body has the 
cannabinoids, the nutrients, the overall mental and physical health to be the best person you can be. And all your gas tank is filled and you're going to be better served to battle with those triggers or the stressors of life. So Delta THC for me, all it did was fill my gas tank up a little bit extra and not give me the head high or not give my body that physical high that it really, really, you know, slows us down sometimes. THC does impact stuff of your body. Sure, it does. Sure. And depending on the person, it impacts motor skills. Depending on the other the other people, it impacts speech. It impacts your brain, how quickly, your anxiety, all that stuff. So to me, it was a low dose. It was a super duper micro dose. Yeah, I, I kind of enjoyed it. It's something that I, I would I would definitely, you know, test out in the future a little bit more. I don't know if I'd necessarily smoke it just because I live in a legal state, but um, I'm messing around with the edibles. Um, you know, our next item of discussion is, you know, we have a couple Spotify playlists out there. We plugged those a couple of times on the podcast, but we partnered up with the Cure Company to present our California Fire playlist, getting updated weekly with a bunch of, uh, you know, slaps from California. There's some legends on there. There's some new cats mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. some stuff that's been sitting around for a minute, some brand new stuff. Um, it's definitely a vibe. You know, I've, I've been putting that one on uh, while working a little bit as the sun's coming up here in Seattle, just playing those Cali vibes, but super, super gracious to, to partner with the cure company on that. Um, we just yeah, added uh, this in the last, in the last week with the Cali fire, we added Roddy rich late at night. Pasadena by Tanash and yeah. Buddy. I won by Ty Dallasan and Jack Harlow and 24K Golden. One Piece by Pac-Man to Gunman and Wale. For those who, who don't know who Pac-Man to Gunman is, that was someone that was real big in Nipsey's camp on the up and coming. And then Know Something by True Car and Draco the Ruler. So those are some of the ones we added recently in terms of like the last like six, seven days. Burner and Coil Ray, YG and Mozzie's album. Big on that one. Uh, Joey Fats, Bino Rideau, uh, more Ty Dolla Sign, some Sweetie. Uh, we did it. We do have that Zero Tolerance song with Nipsey on it and Pac-Man to Gunman again. Uh, also, Mozzie's on that. You know, we really fucking with Mozzie. But Mozzie's, Mozzie's one of the, the rising artists of the year that everybody's sleeping on still. He he's ain't getting out a lot. He's putting out a lot of music. There's a lot of good features. He's on a lot of other people. He's on a lot of big albums and projects. And honestly, the, the bars are like improving. It's the same stories and more details and, or, you know, more current things. Uh, but I'm just, I'm really impressed with his work. And then, huh? I said, he's got a dope vibe. Yeah, he's really, really killing. And right now he's on this like mentorship phase. He's really putting on some game, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then we also updated, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, we updated the low-key fire playlist. So, again, everybody watching this, you guys, hop on Spotify right now and go smash the follow button on our profile, Respect My Region. Give us a search and then look at our playlist and be sure to follow Cali Fire, Low-Key Fire, and Washington Fire. We also have High-Key Bars mm -hmm. and New Music Monday. We've got five playlists that we're updating every single week, multiple times to give you guys the freshest music all day, every day. Now, on the low-key fire playlist, we did add a bunch of new music. So I'm going to try to go through this. First and foremost, New Russ. The New Russ, super fire. Money on me goes hard. 100K, Babyface Gunna and Mozzie. Super hard again. 
Voice of the Heroes, Lil Baby and Lil uh, and and Lil Dirk, the Lils, absolutely killing it, bro. Yo Gotti just turned forty years old. CMG, the label, just signed a massive partnership deal with Interscope Records, yeah, re-upping and kind of gaining more increase. We recently had CMG Breezy, one of their head ARs for CMG, the label. Uh, we recently had him on the podcast when he was here in LA. Go check out that episode for show. And uh, that leads me to a drop featuring the baby and Yogati. Flamers Flow, we added Meek Mill. That new drop from Meek Mill is actually pretty hard. Uh, Moneybag Yo, arguably going to be the artist of the year. It's between him and Lil Dirk right now as to who's, who's really going to be the artist of 2021. Sure. Uh, Lil Baby was probably the artist of the year last year, in my opinion. Um, after that, um, Colin's going to laugh. Young Ma, bro, off the yak. Gotta go check out the Young Ma album. One of the hardest rappers in the game. Young Ma, don't sleep. Just because she raps at her own slow and slower cadence and tempo, don't sleep. The bars are clowning. She literally tells you to suck her dick in a song. It's hard and it's clowning. <laughs> um, I also gotta take, and this is kind of cheesy, I gotta take my hats off, my hat off. To Lil Baby, Lil Durk, and Travis Scott, because that song, Hats Off, is yeah. super dope. Um, a lot of that music, you know, on that album with Lil Baby and Lil Durk is just super inspirational uh, to hear about where they come from, what they've been through, and what they're doing, and uh, some of the moves they're making. It's super cool. I don't obviously relate to a lot of it for obvious reasons, but to, to, to learn more about their story and to be able to spread the message that these guys are killing it and that other people should follow in some other paths and some other footsteps, not every way, but some ways. Uh, it's huge and it's valuable. Russ gives yeah. a lot of game. Mozzie's giving game. Nipsey gave a lot of game. J. Cole gives a lot of game. Um, Lil Baby and Lil Dirt giving a lot of game right now. And the last thing, the last song I'm going to mention, did you listen to that Blueface song where he rapped on beat? I have not, but that – Did you hear about it? Not, I'll, I'll I'll give him you know I'll, I'll give him the benefit of a listen you know we'll see what's all right OG Bobby Billions featuring Blueface the song is called Outside Better Days it goes it's a it's a vibe song you would never think Blueface is hopping on this right I'll fast forward through singing. It's some hip hop shit. That's blue like, right there. Hold on. No, this is not blue face. After this, though, you gotta hear it. It's on beat. I mean, he's, he's getting a little bit tighter. <laughs> Bro, I heard that, and I know it sounds cheesy, but my arm hair stood up when I first heard that because I because you got to think. If someone like Blueface can blow up the way that they did and get so much hate, but still overcome that and build such a powerful brand, no matter how ratchet or how crazy it is, right? He's going to have a career just as long as the game, especially if he can learn 
and grow and get better at producing music, at creating sure. just quality music. And that right there, if he was good enough to go play college sports and good enough to show up and do some shit like that and then quit to do music, he can grow and get better over time. And I'm excited for Blueface to see, because that song has actual replay value and it's not just on some ratchet shit. It was on some, oh shit, I feel like I connected to Blueface on this song. We'll see. We'll see. You're hyping. You know, I, I, the bar for me for him is set real low. So I mean, he just got to jump a little bit. And I'll, the bar yeah. is set so low for so many rappers, and I was thoroughly impressed. Think about it like this: he for years he'd been playing a game of limbo, and the bar was already low for him, and he lost automatically. And for that exact song, he made it to the next level. All right, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I just updated the the high key bars one. Um, I'm not. Would you add? Would you add? I'm not going to run through the songs, but I do. The first song on there right now is the new Lloyd Banks featuring Benny the Butcher record, which is Heat from Aldehyde off the new Lloyd Banks album, um, which I'm sour at Spotify. If you go to the hip hop genre, new releases, it's not on there. I don't know why you're hating on Lloyd Banks. I get he's a little bit older, but he's one of the best lyricists. He's in the conversation, the top 10, top 20 lyricists to ever be in hip hop. And hasn't dropped the album in a minute just dropped the album as fire he can't even get no love from spotify i'm i'm vouching for banks man that's cold-blooded damn uh, anyways that's on the, the Lord, banks, bar. Did you see this we want you on the podcast man we think mitch just said it he thinks you're a top 20 lyricist all time i'm not though i'm not i'm not and i'm not the only one you know i mean i'm not saying i'm not i don't, I don't want to run through my 20 but he's in the conversation he's definitely valid in the conversation um i'm not a person that ever gets to have that conversation because i don't have that long-term long-standing history with hip-hop like that so i'm irrelevant yeah me and me and hip-hop been uh been hanging out for a while my opinion doesn't uh, matter i'm a super super nipsey fan that's about it um so next i, I just want to get into you know we got the north american weed tour we touched on that at the start um cool campaign that we that we cooked up that's a natural evolution of what we've been doing the last few years with the west coast weed tour where we traveled from seattle to la and back you know testing a bunch of products reviewing dispensaries uh, or reviewing products sorry checking out dispensaries going to cultivation facilities testing labs manufacturing plants packaging places distribution you know oil uh you know concentrate labs we literally created a tour to showcase the cannabis culture and the cannabis industry on the West Coast, and we have expanded it to include the rest of North America, Canada, and the United States. We are connecting with 80 different companies for podcasts and Instagram live streams to showcase what their weed brands look like, what their culture is like, and to share what is going on in their state in the world of weed, uh, and also in their province and in their region because Canada does not have states. So. Right. We are very excited. The North American Weed Tour is going to be uh, the first of its kind. Uh, it is the only one in the world like this. We did the research. We looked to see if other people were doing campaigns like this. You can travel. You can do podcasts. But we're not going to do it like us. We're going to do it gonna, different and yeah. big. And we got a lot of content. We got podcasts. We got Instagram live streams. We got newsletters. We got interviews. We got articles. I'm gonna go physically visit places. I'm gonna go do contents outside of dispensaries. I'm gonna go into labs and kitchens. We're gonna watch people cook things, pour things, fill carts, fill tinctures. I'm gonna show you guys 
how these freaking products are made that you guys are sucking down the turfs. Yeah. And, and, you know, the last few years we've shown what cannabis looks like on the best coast and, uh, you know, where the best cannabis is made. And now we're going to take a look at it uh, across the country um, and kind of be able to compare and contrast prices, how regulation goes, um, the quality, what the people are saying, what the culture is saying. Um, so just a really cool way to kind of connect the dots and, and take everyone on a trip around the around, around the northern hemisphere. If you guys have any recommendations, drop the drop in the comments. Nominate some brands. Anybody that watches this, be sure and let us know. Events or festivals that are happening in some of these non-West Coast states. Let you know. Let us know what's going on in Michigan. I think you know we're going out to we're going out to Boston in the fall. Um, Oklahoma, Boston, Colorado. Uh, so Oklahoma, Colorado, Massachusetts, uh, Illinois. We're gonna do Florida. We're going to do Texas. We're going to do Oregon, Washington, Cali, and I'll be in Vegas this week. We'll be in Vegas again in October, right? October or December, we're in Vegas. And then next October is at BizCon. October in Vegas, and then September, we'll be at Hall of Flowers. Um, there's a lot of stuff coming up, you guys. I hope you're ready. Respect my region's hitting the road, the North American Weed Tour. We're flying. We're traveling. We're doing podcasts. Tune in. Tune in. Don't miss yeah, out. We need, and if you yeah, want to get brand, involved, brands, we want to tap in with all the brands. Anybody that's doing not just not just making fire, the most fire, the most quality, but people that are doing unique shit and people that have unique stories, you know, because we are firm believers, although we smoke or have our preferences as personal consumers, we understand that this marketplace has a wide range of places for brands and products and demographics. And we want to meet and know all of them more than you won't think that we want to know. So we are down to meet, meet with you, learn about what you got going on um, and potentially come out and visit and showcase what you got going on. Big facts, big facts, big facts. What we got next, Mitch? Man, you know, that's about it. You know, I did have, I did say, I kind of wanted to touch on just a topic. Um, leading off of the North American weed tour in these events, you know, I'd posted on LinkedIn and it blew up into kind of a bigger conversation, but I was kind of ranting on LinkedIn, which isn't necessarily the place to rant, but just about cannabis events and how there's a severe issue that I've seen. In, and this is multiple markets of people that throw cannabis events and the cannabis is an afterthought, right? Where I, I understand not all events can have on-site consumption or open containers. I get that the LCB, the BCC, the various organizations have regulations and are very strict about some of that. But there's a lot of people that throw events where that can't happen. And then people that smoke in the parking lot or around the corner are shunned or are not given a safe space to make legal adult choices. Um, and when that comes from the lack of foresight or the actual judgment from individuals in the community that are putting on or hosting these events, I just think it is incredibly disrespectful and disgusting and really has no place in this industry. Let them know. Cause I, Let again, I don't think some events we can't have dab bars at. That's totally fine. Some events people can't be opening weed jars up inside. That's totally fine. But to set an environment and expect people to stay inside and drink cocktails and or sit out in certain areas and smoke cigarettes and smoke uh, cigars, but you're not allowing you, you pat people down and throw away their vape pens before they come inside. Or, you know, I've heard we've we both heard comments from people that throw events like, why is everybody outside? Why are they not inside this event? And it's a fucking weed event with 200 stoners. 
and the event's four hours long. At some point, all the majority of those 200 people are going to spend outside, at least a quarter of that event. And so some of these people are just flabbergasted as to why that could be. And that's where it comes to the foresight of understanding this is the cannabis industry. Anything celebrating the cannabis industry or for the cannabis industry is going to involve cannabis, whether it's allowed, whether it's encouraged, whether it's promoted, it doesn't matter. So it, I don't know. It why will that. happen regardless, somehow, some way. Yeah. I mean, because all, all, all of us cannabis consumers pre-industry we're doing the same things at every single concert we went to and every single venue we went to every time we went out on the town. So it's just a crazy thing to me. And I think it's the the lack of disconnection that is not new. A lot of these people that host these events or B2B no, trade no, to not counter though, to counter though, right? It is disrespectful just to go to someone's house and just go smoke, right? It is disrespectful just to pull up and assume that you can just be yourself 2000% all the time, right? Yeah. Like we all had that homie that would just come over and be super loud in your house. You know what I'm saying? That would do, that's just going a hundred miles an hour and break shit more often than other people bumps into stuff. Doesn't know how big or small they are. Right. So <clears throat> I think there's some balance to that, but, and especially with me, I'm like, I'm the smoker. I ain't going to something that I can't smoke at. And when I am at something that I know I'm like, where am I about to be smoking at? I'm already anxious about it. You know, like, how am I about to feel okay after I eat some of this food that's unhealthy or drink some of this beer that that's available or soda that's provided? And I never always, there's just never enough water. You know what I mean? <laughs> Give me some never Gatorade too. Some. Never no, enough hydration. It, it is Always true. getting people fucked up and not focusing on the actual hydration. Like, man, sponsor, get a weed brand to sponsor the water bar. You know, well, that's, and again, you know, give me some I think, clean oxygen. Sponsor some clean air for my lungs so I can get higher up your product. <laughs> it's yeah, and I mean, it is a fine line. You know, we can't expect a cannabis B two B event, right? That's going to be regulated by whatever again, whether it's the OLCC, BCC, LCB, Michigan whatever. CC, whatever it is. Yeah, you know. It's going to be regulated. You can't have people in there just, roll, you, you know, not even smoking, but sometimes you can't even have, legally have people rolling blunts in plain view. That's fine. Yeah. Us cannabis consumers, that is nothing new to us. But choose venues where we can safely step outside and do what we got to do. Don't berate us and judge us for doing what we got to go do. And yeah. for the love of God, I mean, we went to MJ BizCon and we went to one of the, the it parties of the fucking weekend. We wait in line for 45 minutes and we get patted down and we all had to throw away blunts we had rolled, flour, all of our vaporizers and our cart. I mean, we gave up $500 of cannabis products to get into a cannabis event. And we weren't, we wouldn't have smoked the things in the event because it was inside a nightclub, but it was just like, how are you going to hold a cannabis event? And then that's, that's your security detail. That's what they're doing. Yeah. What is this? It's the fucking, said, what is this? The if fucking I airport. pull that out, you're getting thrown out of here, but keep yeah, that it's in the you fucking airport. Like, you can't treat us. You can't treat us like you're the goddamn federal government, Homeland Security and the police all at the same time. Like get yeah. out with that shit. Do some shit for the culture. Stop forcing us into events where we put we're put in a position just because of the sake you need your money like how about people do a better business model that doesn't require forcing people to go to the uh, events that are poorly organized or that are just force fed because they think the market needs it like now nah, you know what the market in these industries need they need events that are put together better more organized tighter crisper with better value delivered 
internet, you know, all Wi-Fi, power, not anymore this skating by. Not everything is about consumption either. The industry needs money to grow. They need customers to get educated and they need safe spaces for the industry and the consumers to connect safely. These safe places to try the product and to be taught and to be learn and to be given a chance to learn uh, beyond just YouTube and digital things. Uh, I was told that in some of the states you can't you can't even use your cell phone inside of the dispensary to live stream. It's illegal to live stream. Like, what? Uh, and then in Canada, they can't, you know, do stuff in the United States publications. But like, what are you talking about? You're telling me that, like, that that's how tight we are? That's how tight the government is choosing to be? This is just people making poor decisions at the end of the day. And I think people are s- certainly putting more effort into s- other priorities that may or may not be more or less not as important. Yeah, more money would get spent in these companies and in this industry with better education and less marketing restrictions. Yeah, and I think it's it's just um, you know it reigns true that people are going to make poor regulation or poor choices when it comes to cannabis. People are going to pass judgment when they but when they're people inside the industry, that's whack. We're trying to normalize this plant, and some of the same people that are trying to push, oh, come drink beer and make deals, because that's what you do in business. You know, even if you go to a conference, everyone knows the real relationships are built going out afterwards, you know, drinking or whatever. And so that's normalized. And so when we come to cannabis and throw events, pushing that culture is it's normalized, but we fucking shun sharing a, the same product that we're all selling at said conference or event. That's a little fucking strange to me. We're, yeah, I always, we're I always love getting the looks. what we're pushing. It, I love getting those looks when you're smoking the weed outside. I love getting the the looks when you're smoking the weed outside, and you're one of the first three or four people to go do it. It's like you guys are all adults. Why are you? Why is there this pressure to feel weird to go outside and do what you normally would do? It's like at any concert, you would you would just do it. You'd look around and then you'd do it. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's it's corny. I Too guess much. it's you know it's something that we've talked about, but it's whatever. But I posted on LinkedIn. Apparently, it's an issue that a lot of people see in a lot of different states. So I think it's just I, I understand regulation, and I think there's some of that component to it and professionalism in certain situations. But I think ultimately it comes down to uh, the age old issue that there is a lot of people in this space that are not here for any other intention to make money, and that's fine. But don't. You know what I mean? You can't also like pass judgment or be like, I also can't about to do it at the expense of me either. We, the people, the community, we identify that shit too quick. You can't. Yeah. It's yeah. Don't be in here being a culture vulture. Basically. I don't think any, anyone wants that in any space. So, I mean, that's about all, all the topics that I got for tonight. I don't want to rant on that too much. Um, I don't know what you got, man. North American, North American, we tour shout out. Everybody's tune in. Tap in. We got hundreds of reviews coming up. We got tours and showcases and interviews coming with 80 companies from around the North American cannabis community. We're going to be showcasing the East Coast, the West Coast, Canada, the United States, the South, the Midwest, everywhere. We're going to be getting it all. All the regions. And all the regions in North America. And then next year and the next year, we'll be expanding upon this to the international weed tour which is super exciting um because then we'll get spain and amsterdam and 
you know, all these other states that are involved, we will start reaching out and show in, and working with them to, to get the culture showcase in all these other areas. Our goal, everybody, is that any country you travel to, any state you go to, you will be able to count on us for a reliable recommendation for craft cannabis, commercial affordable cannabis, indoor quality edibles, flowers. We want to be able to showcase brands that really give you guys trusted recommendations. This is for the patients. This is for the real customers, the real can of source. North American We Tour, man. Let's get it. Armar Podcast. We're out of here. Woohoo. Love y'all. Peace. <laughs>